Hello and welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It is a super galactic and intergalactic episode 81. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by the stargazer, the Moonshots traveler himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mike, uh, astronaut and Captain Mike. It's a great, uh, beautiful day to be uh, surfing around the, uh, the globe, looking down at our innovators on planet Earth, isn't it? It is wonderful, and there has never been a better day to return to one of our absolute, if not our favorite innovator, our favorite pioneer. Where are we going today, Mark? Yep, as you say, he's one of our absolute favorites. We've actually covered this particular innovator a couple of times in the past, um, but we're so excited to be, to be returning to him again today. It is Mr. Elon Musk founder of uh, so many incredibly uh, you know global household brands uh, you know in the tech space as well as the intergalactic space and there's just so much we can delve into with Elon Musk isn't there Mike there is and what a show we have installed for you today because we are going to touch on some of Elon's mental models but for this show We've put our huge research team together. We've gone deep and far and wide into the internet and found some of his real beliefs, uh, his attitudes, his mantras, the core values that have helped him create billion-dollar companies like SpaceX, like Tesla, and many, many more. We have a show full of learning and insight and some incredibly powerful and candid interviews where we've got the real gold nugget uh, from what he has to share with us and what we can learn from this. This is going to be like a rocket ship, this show. This one, it's going to be so much fun. We've got uh, so many good clips. Elon, I mean, where do you begin? <laughs> I mean, apart from yeah. apart from our admiration for him from here, our admiration of him, I should say, the key thing is, the guy's pretty frank and open, and what this gives us access to is the insight, um, some of the inner thoughts and feelings and beliefs that he has. So it's going to be action-packed, isn't it, Mark? It, yeah, it really is. Like you say, he's he's quite present in all of our lives. He's obviously um, a man that's often on front pages, but he doesn't just stay within the bounds of the business pages. You know, he's he's a celebrity as much as he is an entrepreneur and a co-founder of, of all these billion dollar companies. He's at the height of, um, you know, pop culture. <laughs> so we can see so much of Elon in a lot of the things that are, are around us. He's regularly making uh, newspaper uh, headlines mm -hmm. with his tweets. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with his with his uh, quite astounding, almost superhero esque uh, behaviors and decisions in business. I mean, it's he's quite unique. <laughs> he is, he is, and I tell you who else is unique, Mark. Our listeners. Um, it has been so great. Uh, we we've switched the show to weekly uh, recently, and we've seen really a, a huge uptick in. Um, new listeners joining the show. And 
The one thing for sure I know about our listeners is they have some pretty cool usernames, don't they, Mark? (laughs) You are right. I'll I'll read the first and then you read the second. We've had two fantastic uh, new reviews that we just wanted to call out right at the beginning of the show. One is from uh, a beef bouillon from the the USA, who we really, really appreciate the, uh, the fantastic and kind sentiment of your review. That's very, very kind. And the second uh, review that also we should call out, Mike, is uh, BCY's 414, again from the USA. Thank you so much. These are fantastic. We love hearing these reviews. And it means a lot to us to, you know, hear your feedback, hear your points of view. So please, please, please keep them coming. Mm. Mm. It's, it's, um, we love it. And it's so great uh, to see people from far and wide joining uh, the show to learn uh, from innovators. We welcome uh, a whole batch of new German listeners, Guten uh, Tag. We've even got two outstanding uh, new countries where a ton of people have been listening to us. It is Latvia and none other than Mongolia as well. Um, I just am so excited by the idea of people all around the world coming together to learn from innovators to be the very best version of themselves. So thank you to all of you who have contributed to the growth of the show. And I, Mark, I'm ready to get stuck into Elon. I'm sure our listeners are. Where are we going to start this adventure, this galactic adventure today? Well, I think the most sensible place to start with is what really motivates Elon, because you just have to Uh, Look him up on Wikipedia if you don't already know him. And just the list of companies that he's co-founded and created are mind-blowing. So the first clip that we thought we wanted to to kick off with is understanding a little bit about Elon, what motivates him, and why this idea of starting with why is a goal that you just need to kick off with. It really wasn't from the perspective of what's the rank-ordered best way to, to make money which is okay, but it was really what I think is going to most affect the future of humanity. So I think the the biggest terrestrial problem we've got is sustainable energy, but the production and consumption of energy in a sustainable manner. If we don't solve that this century, we're we're in deep trouble. And then the the other one being the extension of life beyond Earth to make life multiplanetary. So the latter is the basis for SpaceX, and the former is the basis for Tesla and, and SolarCity. And when I started SpaceX, it actually, initially, I thought that, well, there's, there's no way one could possibly start a rocket company. I, I wasn't that crazy. I thought, well, what is a way to increase NASA's budget? That was actually my initial goal. So I thought, well, if we can do a low-cost mission to Mars, something called Mars Oasis, which would land seeds and dehydrated nutrient gel, and you hydrate them upon landing, and then you'd have this great sort of money shot of green plants on a red background. The public tends to respond to um, precedents and superlatives, and this would be the first life on Mars, the furthest that life's ever traveled, as far as we know. And I thought, well, that that would get people really excited and therefore increase NASA's budget. So obviously, the, the financial outcome from such a mission would probably be zero. So anything better than that was on the upside. So I actually went to Russia three times to look at buying a refurbished ICBM. 
because that was the best deal. And uh, I can tell you it was very weird going there in, in 2000, late 2001, 2002, going to the Russian rocket forces and saying, I'd like to buy two of your biggest rockets, but you can keep the nuke. <laughs> that, that's a lot more. They thought I was crazy, but I did have money, so that was, that was okay. After making several trips to, to Russia, I, I came to the conclusion that actually my initial impression was, was wrong because my initial thought was, well, that there's not enough will to explore and expand beyond Earth and have a Mars base and that kind of thing. But I came to the conclusion that that was wrong. In fact, there's plenty of will, particularly in the United States, uh, because the United States is a nation of explorers, of people who came here from, from other parts of the world. And I think the United States is really a distillation of the spirit of human exploration. So there you go. I mean, talk about starting with a big vision, a big purpose. I think Simon Sinek would be so proud of Elon Musk, don't you, Mark? Yeah, he really would. Well, what I love about that is... Uh, how he starts with when I started SpaceX. <laughs> it seems like such a casual notion to Elon. You know, this idea of an intergalactic reason for being is to get up to Mars and plant some seeds. You know, to all of us, it seems absolutely unachievable. But what he did was he got on a plane. He went to a country where he could buy rockets and he genuinely began making it happen. He stuck to that gun. He had the vision of improving um, you know, humanity. He was totally open-minded going into it. And actually, this idea of productivity and just making it happen, he did. And I think that's so empowering, isn't it? Well, you already start to get a flavor of how many people thought he was crazy. Yeah. But his boldness and his courage came from the fact that he had such a powerful vision. And I think that's one of the great learnings here. He's literally giving his why statement. Uh, if you were to get into Simon Sinek's work, this is his why. And um, by the way, it just so happens it makes a company. Oh, and by the way, it just so happened makes money. But it's really about that purpose. And that's what has helped him get through the good times and the bad. But this next clip that we have is it's actually caught from from the same speech, but this time he's going to segue into if, if what we just heard was the why, what we're going to listen to now is his how. And it's the, our favorite of favorite focuses. It is absolutely the best starting point. That is the user and that is a customer. So let's listen now to Elon Musk talking about focusing on what customers want. Did some internet stuff. Did a few things here and there. One of which is PayPal. And I think maybe it's helpful to say one of the things that was important then in the creation of PayPal was kind of how it started because the initial thought was with PayPal was to create an agglomeration of financial services. So if you have one place where all of your financial services needs would be seamlessly integrated and work smoothly. And then we had like a little feature which was to do email payments. And whenever we'd show the system off to someone, we'd show the hard part, which was the agglomeration of financial services, which was quite difficult to, to put together. Nobody was interested. Then we'd show people email payments, which was actually quite easy, and everybody was interested. 
So uh, this is, uh, I think it's important to, to, to take feedback from your environment. You know, you want to be as closed loop as possible. So we focused on email payments and really try to make that work. And, and that's what really got things to take off. But if we hadn't responded to what people said, then we, we probably would not have been successful. So it, it's important to look for things like that and focus on them when you see them and you correct uh, your, your prior assumptions. And then going from PayPal, I thought, well, what are some of the, the other problems that uh, are likely to most affect the, the future of humanity? Just like you say, Mike, it's listening to your users. It's the foundation of so much of the work that you and I do. It's so uh, uh, it's such a fact that we visited a lot with our past innovators as well. And it's a great demonstration from Elon here where he's building a company. It's very, very complicated and technical. And there's a lot of different parties all coming together to create a product uh, that in that time was PayPal. But actually what the users were most attracted to was this idea of just sending money to one another via email. Mm. And that's such a mm. different um, spin. You know, and it reminds us that we might be really, really close to a product or a problem, yes. and we might have the uh, the off chance that our subjectivity uh, impacts what we believe is the priority. But actually, mm. the lesson that we should take from from that little clip there is what just go and check. It doesn't doesn't take much time, does mm. it, to go and talk to your users? I think I think the. Um the interesting thing he's doing here, though, is he's saying you have to make yourself available for these different points of view and for this feedback. But he touched on it just briefly, and I think what this is really important is we all have very big assumptions when we endeavour to go out and build a product or a business. And what he's really saying is he had to change his assumptions. He thought he could build a conglomerate digital bank, but people just wanted to email some cash around. <laughs> um, and he was prepared to change his assumptions. And I think uh, any good adaptive leader will find the capacity to do that. Now, I think that the real problem that we face in changing our assumptions is these assumptions that we hold in creating a company, a product, or even doing a project we're powered by a set of assumptions that it would be good to do this. It is important that we do that. And then what happens is along the way, if we're doing it right, we're testing and learning with customers and with users, and some of their feedback might challenge those assumptions, but those assumptions have been the fuel, the mantra, the, the things we're striving for. But all of a sudden, we discover that actually those assumptions were incorrect. And a lot of people a lot of people have a great deal of trouble opening themselves up to those assumptions and changing them and actually being more of a tester and learner or someone who always seeks to validate what they assume. And if the validation is not there, they're prepared to change. And I think this is a very, very powerful uh, lesson from Elon. He's He has a certain... Uh, detachment from his assumptions and his ideas in so much as he has, he's like Jeff Bezos, very stubborn on vision, but he's quite flexible on how he'll get there. And if people don't want the end-to-end -end bank, but they just want to email money, well, okay, he, he'll go with that. And I think 
that's a separator. He's prepared to, to change his assumptions when he's presented with clear evidence. And I think that capacity to learn and grow is something we've seen in real time with Elon with all of the mistakes that he, like anyone, would make. But if you look at net-net where he's arrived at, I mean, Tesla is an enormous threat to the traditional automotive industry. SpaceX is the clear leader in uh, the space industry. So what we see is being able to challenge your assumptions and learn and grow is a key ingredient of his success, isn't it? Oh, it really is. And and what a fantastic um, set of clips just to show us that behavior and, and beliefs that, that Elon demonstrates. You know, in the previous shows that, that we've covered with Elon, you know, like you said at the beginning, we've delved into um, how he thinks critically and some of the mental models that he shows. But actually, I think some of these clips that we've just touched on, as well as what else we've got coming up in the show, really does reveal this element of flexibility. This idea of uh, assuming or, or uh, you know, receiving this idea of change and actually how, you know, he admits to the odd mistake here and there, you know, whether it's in the culture or in business. So it's just revealing him as a, as a character, um, I think is really, really nice. So how do you think, Mark, taking this inspiration from Elon, how might you um embrace change, even to some deeply held assumptions that you have, um, how might we kind of, you know, embody some of the same Elon-like flexibility? Well, yeah, it's a great question. And it's empowering to hear that Elon himself, even though he is a, you know, (laughs) a, a superhero, so to speak, with all these incredible companies, even he can sometimes be wrong or proven wrong when it gets into the hands of, of users and consumers. So for me, I think the, uh, the drive to be less subjective will um, come through when I'm delivering some work. So I might mm-hmm. receive a, a brief, perhaps, a, or mm-hmm. a creative uh, request, and I'll look at it and I'll go away. I might do some homework maybe do a little bit of research. I'll look at what's available to me and, mm-hmm. and maybe prior to sending directly to the additional party, you know, whether it's a client or a colleague, maybe I'll mm. seek a little bit of reassurance from another input. Maybe it's talking mm. to yourself, for example, mm. or talking to mm. another colleague. And that for me just allows me personally to see both sides of that coin because as Elon is saying, we might be coming at it too subjective we might be coming at it too mm. one-sided and seeking you know, this idea of uh, feedback um, from others is actually going to be a clip that we'll come on to in a little bit later in the show. How about you, Mike? Mm. What, what do you, what do you uh, get inspired by from, from Elon? I think the, the way in which I can challenge assumptions, I think there's two really good questions that we can all use. The first one is really simple is that when someone says, oh, the best thing to do is um, to build a product that does this, um, just um, embody the very best of Toyota's critical thinking and ask the question, why? Mm -hmm. And then they'll say, oh, because uh, this will do this. Well, why? 
And if you ask why five times, you often can get some very good first principles and critical thinking. I think the other thing you can do in a collaborative, uh, perhaps a bit more collaborative, is to ask what evidence do we have to support that? Mm. Because what I am always surprised by in discussing ideas, let's say they're generally notions for creating new products and services because that's kind of my world. What I'm always interested in is that the greatest contribution I can often provide a founder, a CEO, is to like help me understand it, explain why, show me the evidence, what data do we have, just as an exercise to make sure that we're building on a strong foundation of data and insight. And often what you see people might have jumped a couple of steps, so there might be some things happening and they've assumed the solution to be X, Y, and Z. Um, and I think that's really a great way to challenge assumptions. Ask why, look for the evidence, and sometimes that can take you down a path. And you know when someone, when you challenge someone and you get into a conversation, you can start or just forget what they're saying. You can tell how they're saying it. You will sense how deep they know this problem solution, how deep they know the use case, how deep they know the true way in which something works. And um, that can be a great way to challenge assumptions or help reaffirm, to confirm those assumptions. Either way, it's a good result because you might improve the assumption or double down and be stronger in your belief. I think that's just one of the many gifts from Elon, uh, Mark. Um, now, we should uh, let our users know that coming ahead for the show, um, we've got two big buckets of clips. We've got a whole bucket of thinking from Elon Musk around creating good times. And Mark, what's that second bucket look like? Well, there'll be no <laughs> there'll be no two sides of the coin if we didn't complement the good times with dealing with those hard times. Hmm. So we've got quite an action-packed show uh, coming ahead, but if someone's thinking to themselves, I'm sure these guys have done Elon before. The truth is, Mark, not only did we do a Jeff and uh, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk special uh, some 30 or 40 shows ago, but way back at the beginning of time, show one of the Moonshots podcast was in fact Elon Musk. And if you wanted to go check it out, Mark, what would be your coordinates in the galaxy? Where would you head towards? Where would you go in light speed towards? I'd type into the space computer, www.moonshots.io. Right there in the center of the galaxy, or at least of the Moonshots galaxy, you'll find all of our archive shows, including those two previous Elon Musk shows that we've done in the past, as well as our more recent uh, Sports Innovator series, where we covered Michael Jordan, Serena Williams, and very recently, Joe Rogan. You'll find transcripts for the shows. You'll find our show outlines, talking about some of the mental models and behaviors that we've seen from these innovators, as well as a host of other goodies. So please, everybody, go and check out moonshots.io. Come and give us a visit and let us know what you think. Sounds great. And next up, we've got some more wisdom from Elon. And what's really interesting about this is we've featured this, uh, this idea of following your effort, 
following your craft versus following your passion. And um, somewhere in the middle of all of that is some thinking from Elon, which is essential for your survival as a creator, designer, entrepreneur, builder. So let's have a listen now to Elon talking about why it's so important to like what you do. Really liking what you do, whatever area that you get into, um, given that you know, even if you're, if you're the best of the best, there's always a chance of failure. So I think it's important that you really like whatever you're doing. Um, if, if you don't like it, life is too short. If you like what you're doing, you think about it even when you're not working. I mean, you, you're, it'll just, it, it's, it's something that your mind is drawn to. Um, and, and if you don't like it, you, you just really can make it work, I think. I love that. It's such a nice, short little clip. Um, again, it's a great demonstration of Elon's beliefs and, and behaviors. I can imagine him sitting at home uh, thinking about all of these different companies and all of the different projects he's got going on while he's sipping his morning coffee um, because he just loves what he's doing. He's enjoying it. And if we cast our minds back to the first clip we had on this show where he's getting on a plane flying to Russia to, to look at missiles, Imagine doing that when you're not interested and you don't like what you're doing. You know, we've mm. all had times in our careers, maybe even lives, where you get asked to do something and you kind of think, oh, it's a bit of a drag. And it's mm. kind of hard to motivate yourself, isn't it? So what's, as you point out, Mike, what's different to um, perhaps uh, some of the other innovators who, again, were reiterating this idea of don't follow your passion. What Elon's saying here is, yeah, that's true. But actually try to see, um, try to find something that you, you do like doing because when you're committing all of your time, your effort and your, your mindset to it, you're going to have to stay positive to a certain extent. You, this good time uh, vibe, you, you're going to have to uh, really immerse yourself and, and learn about it, I think is one of the key things that Elon demonstrates. He becomes an expert in the field. You, you you want to you know grab a great book on your domain or area of practice and learn and read and that's going to get really hard if you don't like it. But I think the, the 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 caution that we offer that we've heard particularly from Cal Newport, check out that show if you want to get more into this, is um, you don't have to be uh, passionate about it because turning your hobbies and passions into your into your career is proven to not be a very fruitful endeavor. And I can speak to that from personal experience, but you have to like it. You have to have, you have to be curious and interested and compelled by the people, the practice, the, the art, the craft, the science of whatever you're doing. There has to be a genuine interest there because I guarantee you that later today on my run, work thoughts will come into my mind and I'm very comfortable with that. And I often uh, find myself, Mark, uh, going for a jog and a, an idea just comes into my mind because I like what I do. And I'm like, oh, for what? Like, I don't want to stop and, 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 and try and dictate it into my watch or anything. So I'm like, remember the idea, remember the idea, remember the idea. Um, and I'm quite happy and comfortable with that. And I think that just means whether the, the aperture in your mind is closed or open to your practice. If you're just crunching away nine to five and you're not interested at all in your work, your, your results and your outcomes are going to be diminished. You don't have to be madly in love with your practice, but you've got to like it. Your bias has to be towards interesting and curiosity. Otherwise, it's just 
going to get hard. Mm-hmm. And, and what Elon teaches us is not in the good times because, you know, everyone can sail well in good weather. It's when the weather gets bad. That's, that's when you really need to have still that underlying attraction uh, to the craft. Totally. And so it's, it's so interesting that he prescribes us one of the key things to get things started um, it's all about liking what you do. But he's got more advice about creating good times and getting things started, doesn't he? He does, he does. So if we are moving away from liking what you do, uh, you know, reading books, learning the craft, becoming an expert, you know, all of that kind of drives up this passion or this, this enjoyment that you find in your work. The most important thing um, alongside that, so passion and enjoyment, is really uh, focusing on who are those people around you? What, who are the right team? Who are the right individuals that can help you go and build um, a product or, or a business or, a, or a, a corporation perhaps? So the next clip that we've got from Elon is uh, if you're going to go and build a company, start by gathering the right people. If, if you're creating a company or if you're joining a company, uh, the most important thing is to uh, is to attract great people. So either be with, join a group that's amazing that you really respect, or if, you, if you're building a company, you've got to gather great people. I mean, all a company is is a group of people that have gathered together to create a product or service. And so, depending upon how talented and hardworking that group is, and the degree to which they are focused uh, cohesively in, in a good direction, that will determine the success of the company. So, do everything you can to to gather great people. Uh, if, if you're creating a company. Oh, Jim Collins would be so proud right now. I mean, this is so essential, isn't it, Mark? And and I love the reductionist thinking here. All a company is is a bunch of people who've come together to build something. Like that is so true and it, and it is so important to focus on having the right people, people who are also sharing in some of those core values, some of those who have complementary skills, but more than anything are mobilized, energized by the mission. And that's where Elon really serves what we learned from Simon Sinek so well that, you know, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you are doing it. And that goes for staff, employees and customers as well. And it's all about the right people. Oh, so good. So good. You know, Jim Collins, like you say, this is a a fantastic uh, series that we did, um, you know, 10 or so episodes back. So I encourage all of our listeners to go and check those out. Really, really fantastic thinking from Jim. Again, a guy who's totally informed by data. And I think Elon and Jim would make great dinner party guests, don't you think, Mike? (laughs) imagine being a fly on that wall i mean it would be so good but maybe elon just wouldn't come to the dinner party because he's too busy working on one of his 10 companies that's probably true (laughs) so look mike Uh, we're we're at the halfway point we've dealt with this uh quite positive mindset these positive vibes of starting a company with the right people liking what you're doing as well as hearing a little bit from elon on uh making goals achievable and and more importantly you know, listening to what your users want. As we teased at the beginning of the show, the next half is going to be a little bit more um, about resilience, this idea of dealing with the hard times. So 
the next clip that we're mm. going to launch straight into is Elon telling Well, us- Mark, 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 I think we've got everyone in such a good mood. <laughs> I don't think we should throw this opportunity away. Um, one of the things I was so excited to share with you and the listeners is that Um, Because people have been reviewing and rating the show so much, we've been catapulting and growing the audience and getting to new countries, um, building and growing our community. I mean, check this out, Mark. It's it's really remarkable that the, the, the show is listened to, I mean, in so many different countries. It's, it's so exciting. Um, but we even managed to find ourselves now ranking really high on the, the global charts for, for uh, Chartable, which is sort of the official uh, ranking. Can you believe, Mark, that out of all the global business podcasts, ours is, in terms of listenership, now 124th in the world? Is that not ridiculous? Oh, wow. That is ridiculous. That's actually <laughs> that's pretty incredible. We've gone uh, stratospheric, intergalactic, 124 in the world. Thank you, listeners. That's, that's I mean, a, a huge thank you, a huge thank you, a huge amount of gratitude. But here's the but. Now, we've got the good vibes from the last two clips. I think our audience, well, look, they're listening to the Moonshots podcast, so I think they're pretty partial to a Moonshot. I think we should challenge them. Can we make, can the Moonshots podcast make the top 100 most listened to business podcasts in the world. I think we can, Mark. Oh, a great moonshot goal. I love it. Let's do it. Now, the, now the question is, <laughs> how do our listeners contribute? Because they're the ones that do the hard work here. Uh, you're totally right. Mike and I, um, we just turn up and, and you know, chat away into our show Um, we we, we have a lot of fun you you as our listeners you're very much part of the team you're the right people uh in jim collins's words you guys got on the bus um and we're we're very happy to, to have you here and being on the journey with us so please please if you like what you're hearing and you like what we're covering in each of our shows pop along to your apple podcasts or your podcasting software of choice leave us a review leave us a rating Share it with your friends, your family, um, onto social media, um, whoever you think might get a little bit of interest and intrigue and a little bit of, you know, learnings from the show. Uh, As Mike's already said, we're coming up in some fantastic countries around the world, but it's all down to you, our listeners, sharing and listening and, uh, you know, getting the word out there. So we'd love... And I I think it's important to mention, Mark, that... They have to use a good username on their podcast <laughs> software of choice. They're competing with. Let's let's go through some of the the classic moonshot audience. Uh, number one, Beef Bouillon, pretty good. Fanny Butcher, uh, Dougie Sick, and uh, the the one that takes perhaps uh, pole position, Boho Snowpants. Oh, yeah. All of you and hundreds of others have reviewed and rated the show. Get in there. Get into your app. Give us some stars, leave a comment. It's so powerful because all the little algorithms love love that kind of stuff because uh, they're going to show and present and share our great podcast. Um, thanks to you, our listeners, with more and more people if you give us a rating or a review. So with that said, Mark, did you think we leveraged the good vibes 
Are we ready to swing on the other side, on the darker side? We did. I'm, I'm, unfortunately, now I'm positively enthused by the fact that it's number 124 <laughs> in, in the globe. It's, I'm going to have to take that, that smile off my face as we delve into the, the second part. So um, there's lots and lots of great lessons and uh, thoughts that Elon's already shared with us. Um, with regards to liking what you're doing um, and really, you know, striving for the best people and, and making a big difference in humanity. But the truth is, um, all of us come up against challenges. Um, all of us come up against um, things that, you know, we might consider speed bumps and so on. And it doesn't be only restricted to us. It also happens to figureheads like Elon Musk. So in the next clip we've got is Elon um, telling us about how he himself has overcome the critics and he himself is describing how he can actually learn from listening to critics or, or you know, ignoring those, those challenges and really striving to continue improving himself and his work. People who've been in the rocketry business for decades yeah. who say about you that you don't know what you don't know. Well, I, I suppose that's true of anyone. How can anyone know what they don't know? <laughs> but when um, critics say you can't do this, your answer to them is... We've done it. You know, there are American heroes who don't like this idea. Neil Armstrong, Gene Cernan have both testified against commercial spaceflight and the way that you're developing it. And I wonder what you think of that. I was very sad to see that um, because those guys are, yeah, you know, th those guys are heroes of mine, so it's really tough. You know, I, I wish they would come and visit and, and see the hardware that we're doing here. And, and I think that would change their mind. They inspired you to do this, didn't they? Yes. And to see them casting stones in your direction. It's difficult. Did you expect them to cheer you on? So they're hoping they would. What are you trying to prove to them? What I'm trying to do is to, is to make a, a significant difference in, in spaceflight and, and, and help make spaceflight accessible to, to almost anyone. And I, I, I would uh, hope for as much support in that direction as we, as we can receive. Mm, that has got to be, I mean, criticism from one thing, that's tough, but the world's heroes of space travel criticizing you, your own childhood heroes criticizing you personally, is, that is pretty rough stuff, Mark. Mm, talk about resilience. You know, he's creating a, a private um, funded astronaut and space program because he was inspired by Neil Armstrong and a, and a host of other astronauts. But they themselves pushing against him? I mean, talk about a, a kind of soul-crushing moment. Can you imagine what that would feel like? <laughs> well, imagine uh, in a different uh, field, but the, the same situation occurring. Imagine a young musician coming out and playing live at a concert and their musical heroes, I don't know, you know, you 2 the Rolling Stones, whoever, actually not only didn't like what they were doing, but said so publicly. Oh, I mean, 
it's it, it's a great clip from Elon because he's really focusing on this idea of don't prove your your product or your business to anyone other than yourself. You know, listen to your users, but don't get distracted by um, this pedestal. You know, Elon probably went into the the SpaceX space uh, with an idea that he would you know, be supported by everyone around the world. Mm, mm. And but, but, but that's why it can, those accolades cannot be your fuel. Exactly. They, they, can, they cannot be your starting point. Your external recognition can never be your starting point. Work hard and solve a problem for your customers and that will give you the capacity to overcome those critics. Even when they're your childhood heroes, I mean, that footage, if you actually go onto YouTube and see that footage, you can see Elon, who's a pretty, he's not wildly emotional kind of a guy, but you can really see on this one, it really hurt. But what's really critical is he went back to his assumptions. He kept testing, he kept learning, he kept staying the course. He was obviously surrounded by the right people. He obviously likes what he, what he does and really reminded himself of why he was doing this. And because he had done those things, he was able to overcome such criticism. And I think the learning for us here is just imagine if we were to receive such criticism so publicly from our heroes in our line of work. Imagine how hard it would be to receive humiliating, I mean, heartbreaking. I mean, the word. I mean, you just cannot believe that that the, if you if you just personalize this for a moment and put yourself in Elon's shoes, that your childhood heroes didn't only uh, dislike what you're up to; they actually were criticizing you in public. Oof. I know. I mean, p- casting it um, towards myself, although maybe my childhood heroes haven't necessarily um, criticized me yet. <laughs> I suppose there's time. Receiving criticism or feedback is, is, can sometimes be very, very challenging. And what I like about that, that little snippet of a clip from Elon, and like you say, he gets very emotional um, and it's quite revealing as a, as a clip when you, when you watch it as well. And you can hear the emotion coming through in his voice in that clip. He, he doesn't give up. He hasn't quit the, uh, the SpaceX race, has he? <laughs> you know, he no, he's still fighting the fight. Yeah, he didn't hang up and, and say, okay, well, fair enough. If they don't like it, I'm, I'm out. It's a very, mm. very empowering clip to, to hear because it inspires me. If Elon can put up with these huge names in history, putting a fight up against him, and he can still come out and be inspired and inspire change within the space, I mean, whew, that's that's goosebumps territory. Mm, mm. It re- it really really is, and um, it shows you. I mean, in the previous show, we talked about the moment where uh, he wrote his last check, and he gave half to Tesla, half to SpaceX. Both were on the verge of bankruptcy. He then put his money into the companies, and he had no money left. So it's not the first time this criticism, not the first time it's come 
right into the moment where the stakes couldn't be higher and he has overcome. So this is what makes learning from him so important because if you start to begin to understand the scale of his impact, multiple companies, multiple billion-dollar successes, but most importantly, he has gone to the valley of darkness, not just once or twice, but several times, and he's still on the way up. And that's why Elon is so important. Mark, that's why our first ever show, 81 shows ago, was on him, and we'll continue to return to him because it's not only the good times that we can appreciate from him, it's his capacity to get through the hard times. I mean, how good is Elon? <laughs> so good. So good. Just keeps on giving, doesn't he? And this, uh, this next clip that we've got, again, um, a little snippet into Elon's ways of dealing with those hard times is, you know, taking on board the criticism that he's received from Neil Armstrong and, and other astronauts. Something that, again, is, is a recommendation and, a, and a, a moment of inspiration from Elon. He's telling us to actually embrace that bit of feedback, embrace those points of criticism from people around you. And actually, in order to keep on improving your business or your product and idea, and actually yourself, go out and chase criticism. So the next clip we're going to listen to now is Elon encouraging us to go out and seek criticism to keep on improving. Constantly seek criticism. Yeah. Uh, a a well-thought out critique of whatever you're doing is as valuable as gold. Um, and you should seek that from everyone you can, but particularly your friends. Um, usually your friends know what's wrong, but they don't want to tell you because they don't want to hurt you. Um, so let you up sort of your... Yeah, yeah. so you know, they'll say, oh, I would encourage my friend, so I'm, gonna t I'm not going to tell him what I think is wrong with this product. Yeah. It doesn't mean your friends are right, uh, but very often they are right. Mm. Um, and you at least want to listen very carefully to what they say. And to everyone, if you're looking for basically, you should take the approach that, that you're wrong, um, you know, that, that, that you, the entrepreneur, are wrong. Your goal is to be less wrong. It's so counterintuitive to embrace criticism. Our natural genetic disposition is fight or flight. And so it's not very comfortable for us to say, yeah, oh, great. You don't like the product? Oh, you hate the service? You don't think it's worth it? Oh, fantastic. Tell me more about that. Like we can't help but like, you don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't sound right. Or just rejecting even anyone who might appear to, to be about to give you criticism. Whilst it is a little bit of a contradiction, this idea of seeking it out, if we can become open, what's so fascinating, what we can learn from Elon, he's saying that this criticism is worth gold. Because if we're able to hear it, to understand it and digest it, maybe it inspires us to improve what we're doing. Maybe it forces us to question what we're doing, but to find, no, I'm going to continue on the course because maybe they're wrong. Maybe they don't see the whole picture, 
But the most important thing is to genuinely hear that criticism and use it for the best. Not many people like this. It's a little bit of an uncomfortable thought, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, it's super uncomfortable. You know, you're right. If, if, if we are designed to fight or flight, we genuinely look for things in our lives that are pleasant. We like doing things that we enjoy. We love receiving, or at least myself, I love receiving positive uh, uh, acclamations and positive feedback inspires me to go out and work hard because I enjoy seeing my um, impact that I'm having on, on a project or, or a product. And actually what Elon's saying is that's cool, but make sure you always push against your assumptions, push against and, and figure out what other critiques you might have. And, and you know, your friends as an honest source of, of feedback, much like the users, as he, as he mentioned in, in our second clip of the show, once you've gathered those points of, of feedback, it's, it can only help you, you know, get better. And I love the idea mm. of, again, Elon being this huge figurehead, pop culture, business, as well as, uh, you know, a cultural billionaire. He's still looking to others to, you know, tell him what's wrong. <laughs> it feels very, uh, it resonates strongly with me. It does. Relatable, yeah. doesn't it? So imagine that, uh, you and I were coaching all our listeners. They're about to receive some criticism. How, uh, what advice do we have for them to make the most of the criticism? How, how do you seek out and hear the criticism? What advice do you have for our listeners? I think for me, be open. Be open to hearing uh, what those criticisms can be. Be receptive. So, it's again very, very easy to be the fight or flight, put up, um, you know, barriers, blockers, and put up the opinion of, ah, oh, so and so doesn't know what they're talking about. They don't know the context. <laughs> they don't know the big picture. Only I do. Mm. <laughs> and that's again, I've done it. You know, I've done it plenty of times. Yes. But if yes. I receive or, or even give uh, criticism or feedback, I think be the receiver being open and willing to accept it. It, that's mm. got to be where it starts, right? It does. And I think that if you have the mindset where it's very much a growth mindset, which is number one, the criticism is not of you, the individual. Even if it is of your behaviors or what you did in the past, it's only a critique of the action, not of the individual intrinsically. And then secondly, if you can depersonalize it, the next thing you can do is have a mindset of fantastic. This is an opportunity to learn, to grow. This is a growth opportunity. Not, it's not a shame. It's, it's not something that we shouldn't be embarrassed about. If you can turn your mental mindset into fantastic, bad news, I'm ready to grow. This isn't a personal attack. This is just of a situation or something I did. How awesome. I'm going to be a better person after I digest this. Let's go. So good. Do you think, yep. do you think they're ready? Do you think, do you think our thousands of listeners, they're all like, yep, bring on the criticism. <laughs> Are they primed? <laughs> it's a real challenge, isn't it? It's a real, yeah. real challenge. But I think that's it right. Is. Two very quick little tips there. I think that's, that's exactly right. And if we can, mm. um, you know, take, lessons again from from elon you know that's something that has helped him 
go out and That's create right. some of the biggest uh, businesses, uh, mm. humanity, let alone, you know, just recent history. Um, mm. If he can do it, so can we. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really true, and he's he's been quite explicit in both how we can deal with the good times and the bad. And I think what I want to do now is is frame this last learning from him, which is all about uh, relating to what Michael Jordan said, which is if you're prepared to do the hard work, there's such a bounty uh, on the other side at the end of the rainbow, um, and. The real question is whether you're prepared to do the hard work. That's what Michael Jordan would say. Do the hard work, be the first training, be the last to leave. And throughout this process, we're going to encounter hardship. Serena talked about it. Joe talked about it. And here we have Elon talking about it too. So if you want to reach the promised land, according to Elon Musk, it's all about one thing. So let's have a listen to him now for the last clip, talking about having a high pain threshold. Have a high pain threshold. <laughs> That's it. Um, there's a friend of mine who's got a good saying, which is that starting a company is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. Okay, that's, um, that's generally what happens because um, when you first start a company, there's lots of optimism and things, things are great. And then, so happiness at first is high. Then you encounter all sorts of issues. Uh, and happiness will steadily decline, <laughs> and then you'll go through a whole world of hurt. <laughs> but, and then eventually, you'll, if you succeed, and in most cases, you will not succeed. Um, and, and Tesla almost didn't succeed, came very close to failure. Um, then if, if you succeed, then after a long time, you will finally get back to happiness. It's so reassuring. <laughs> like you said at the beginning of the show, Tesla as a business is now going up against some of the oldest manufacturers of cars in the world. And he's saying here pretty explicitly, look, there's a time when it nearly didn't work. But what we did was we carried on going. And gradually he's got through that valley of darkness that we've spoken about on the show before. And there's light at the end of that tunnel. You know, we all go through moments where we, we have to question ourselves at work or in life. And, you know, this idea of celebrating adversity was something that Joe was talking about on the show last week as well. And I, I find it quite empowering again to hear Elon calling out this idea of it's going to be hard, but just keep going. Just get mm. What was the uh, analogy he uses? Starting a company is like eating glass Eat and staring, into, <laughs> and staring yeah. into the abyss. I mean, either one of those on their own sounds pretty bad, but yeah. that combination is just like, ugh, the dread. It's pretty <laughs> miserable, isn't it? But again, at the same time, and I think that's a great clip to round our show, you know, it's this, although it might seem tough and like you're eating glass, this idea of getting through it, uh, it, it, it's rewarding, isn't it? When we all go through, Mike, something that is really, really hard, you know, you and I, if we've got a hard project and occasionally it might feel like we're staring into the abyss, once you get through that and you see the final product, how good does that feel? It does. And, and to compare this to what we learned in the Sports Innovators series, they all talked about be prepared to do the hard work and to know that when the pain is coming, when the struggle is coming, when you are in the midst of the valley of darkness, 
the key thing is perspective. It's natural. If you're trying to do something worthwhile, hardship is a prerequisite. It's not an option. But what's really interesting, as any of us go to build products, services, business, companies, a movement, a community, whenever we go out in the world and try and do things, we often run away from hardship. But the mental fortitude to stick to the plan, to stay the course, the resilience deep in your belly to see things through is essential. And although Elon is by no means an athlete, um, what you can see is how his thinking is a mirror image of someone like Michael Jordan. In the end, they're prepared to do the hard work. He's a famously hard worker. He's prepared to stare the abyss right in the eyes, chew on some glass and come out the other side. He sat there and he wrote the check with his entire personal wealth was totally cleared out and he put the last money into Tesla and SpaceX to help them survive. He was prepared to go right on the verge, right on the edge of the abyss. He could sway gently on the edge and he's come back even stronger. And that was exactly what Serena told us as well. It's the capacity to go into the valley and then come out. That's a true champion. And in Elon Mark, boy, do we have a champion. Oh, you're so right. That's exactly what Serena was saying. She would look at Elon and say, he's the player. He's the champion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Whew. So, Mark, there you are, our, our third study of Elon and boy, did we, did we discover another part of Elon, his personal resilience, his character, his values, his determination, his capacity to endure. That was some pretty good stuff. Great. And this idea of being open-minded, receiving criticism and letting it improve your work. So good. Mm. 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 So I hope this has given you Uh, our listeners, a really powerful frame. Um, And, you know, if you're looking to learn more about some of Elon's mental models, his critical thinking, first principle thinking, just jump over to moonshots.io, dig up our old show on Elon. You'll find lots of discussion on that. But today we've gone and found that inner fortitude that would have made Joe Rogan, Serena Williams, Michael Jordan proud are you feeling primed and ready to go to another galaxy, Mark? <laughs> I totally am. I'm, I'm strapping in my space boots and I'm, uh, I'm ready to fly. Fantastic. Well, that brings us to the end of the show, Mark. Uh, as we sail into the galaxy of podcasting, I hope that we've given you, our audience, we've given everyone a chance to find their inner Elon. I hope everyone is infused with some great purpose, focusing on what their users and customers want, but making sure they surround themselves with the right people. And when critics on the outside throw sticks and stones, they overcome it, even if these stones really hurt because they are truly on a mission to change the world. I hope all of our listeners go out and seek out criticism to make their ideas, their products and services better. And remember, when you face that valley of darkness, you know you're doing the right thing. And on the other side, things just get better. Mark, thank you to you. Thank you to our audience. This has been another Moonshots podcast. That's a wrap.